Monet, make money and the place to be. No matter if you low po, friend or foe. Thanks for tuning in. I'm a French vanilla queen from the south side of the shy. Yeah, them guns got red beans, but that fool's be fire. And we lacing up our Jordans, praying we can fly when we crossing over bullets, trying to stay alive. There's no books to this life, but the stories are great. Grab a lesson, get a laugh, learn from all my mistakes. I'll never fold ten toes, they discontinue my make. No time for these clowns, I got money to make. Could have been with anyone, but you're here with me. Monet, make money, and the place to be. No matter if you low po, friend or foe. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Monet Make Money Show. How many people out there love the pimp culture? My hand is raised. I love it. I have a whole pimp movie collection. The Mac with Goldie, Willie Dynamite with the guy who used to sing with Elmo on Sesame Street. And who can forget I'm Gonna Get You Sucker with Antonio Fargus who played Fly Guy. We've seen the player's ball glamorized on HBO. We've even seen it glamorized on sitcoms like Martin. We get those one-liners from famous pimps like Don Magic Wand. Gold is for the money and yellow is for the honey. What about pimping ain't dead? Those hoes just scared or getting her head before you get in her bed. But I always had a question on how a man was so mentally powerful to take over a one woman's mind and get her to sell her body on the streets and then bring home all the profits to him it was mind-boggling to me I didn't understand it's a dirty game out here because all this time I thought the women that were involved in the pimping and hoe game chose that lifestyle I had no clue that if a woman's mental was too strong to be controlled that the pimps drugged those women and when I say those women I mean me they tried to put your girl on on the host stroll. Picture it, Las Vegas, 2013. My homeboy from Detroit moved to Las Vegas to make custom suits for athletes. He had connects to the NBA players, the NFL players, and also the money team. He knew I wanted a change in my life, so he gave me a call and said, hey, Mo, I got a dynamite opportunity for you in Vegas. All these professional athletes require maids, cooks, nannies, and personal assistants on the offseason. I can get you paid $30 dollars an hour and in return I want ten dollars an hour for the referral fee hey I didn't mind twenty dollars an hour working with professional fine athletes living that luxurious lifestyle with them driving their luxury cars going to the VIP parties I was down like ten toes you know so I packed up all my stuff and moved to Las Vegas and things were going as planned I had clientele I was making money and I even went and got me a part-time job at Planet Hollywood just so I can have consistent income. I stayed with my homeboy in a condo on the strip while I was waiting on my apartment to get ready. And one day on the elevator, this tall, light-skinned, beautiful man got on the elevator with us. And he was so tall that it was easier for me to look at his feet than to look at his face. And when I looked down at his feet, he had on sandals. But within those sandals were the most beautiful pedicured toes I've ever seen on a man. His feet looked like they was as soft as a baby's butt. And I looked 
him in his eyes, and I said, man, you got some pretty feet. And he smiled at me. Then he said a couple of words to my homeboy. Once we reached the condo, my homeboy received a text message from that guy. And he looked at me and he said, hey, Mo, my friend want to have a meeting with you in his condo. I was like, nah, you know, I ain't really in the mood to be talking to no dudes right now. I'm just here to get my money and to get my life back on track. And he was like, well, Mo, you know who that is. And I was like, nah, I don't know who that is. And he was like, man, that's such and such from Pimps Up, Holes Down. You know, the HBO documentary. I was like, oh, that's a real live true pimp right there? He was like, yeah. And the only reason I'm not going to tell y'all his name, y'all, is because I don't want no pimp problems. But when he told me that, I was like, man, homeboy, I don't want no man problems. And I damn sure don't want no pimp problems. So I'm going to have to decline. I'm not going upstairs. And he was like, all right, Mo. And he asked me a couple of more times later on in the day. And I was like, nah, dog. While I was in Vegas. I smoked a lot of weed. I mean, hey, I was on the West Coast. That's what they do. My homeboy had a delivery man who delivered the weed anywhere you were. And he had no problems delivering to me anytime I needed it. But out the blue, me and my homeboy fell out over nothing. He just started acting funny. And when people start acting funny, I dismiss myself from all situations. So I continue to make my money, but I stopped giving him his $10 off of my 30 and I just kept the entire $30 an hour. I mean, he wasn't my homeboy boy no more so the contract is up who knew that that decision would bite me in my butt so i'm networking i'm hollering at people who's hollering at people i'm rubbing elbows with people who rubbing elbows with a guy you need to rub elbows with and one of my homeboys put together a meeting with some top producers at the aria the day of the meeting i had to work at planet hollywood i was also stressed out from all the alcoholics that i had to deal with throughout the day but that's what vegas is about drinking and having fun and being obnoxious and partying and i have to be the host and deal with it. I needed some weed to calm my nerves, so I called the weed man to deliver me some weed to my spot where I was staying before I attended this meeting. But when I called the weed man, he told me he wasn't going to be able to deliver to me because he didn't have a car that worked and asked me if I could come to him to pick up the weed. Now, he was only 20 minutes away, so I figured I can hop in my car, ride out to him, grab the weed, get back to where I need to be, and get ready for my meeting. And that's what I did. I put the address in my GPS, and I rolled out. But I forgot to stop at the store to pick up a swisher. Now, the weed man told me when I first met him that he don't smoke, he don't drink, his only vice is getting money. So I figured that he wouldn't have a swisher on him. But when I got to his crib, I decided I was going to ask him. So I pulled up to his crib and I saw four cars in the driveway. And red flags popped up all over in my mind. But I just figured maybe these weren't his cars and maybe they didn't work, although the cars did look pretty new. I bought past the red flags and I kept it moving. I knocked on the door. The weed man came to the door and he let me in. Then I looked at the weed man and said, hey, my man, I know you told me you don't smoke, but would you happen to have a swisher? And he was like, you know what, Mo? This is your lucky day. I got a swisher. I was like, oh man, it's Christmas. I'm excited. I was like, man, can I have it? He was like, man, not only can you have it, but I'll roll up for you. So I got ready to hand him my bag back that he had just packed up for me. And he was like, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'm gonna pull from my special stash. I was like, oh man, pull from your special stash then player good looking out me being too comfortable with a man that i didn't know i allowed him to roll my weed i saw him pull out a dollar bill he folded it the long way and he crumbled some weed in the dollar bill then he walked in his bedroom and turned his back to me but he was still rolling the weed i couldn't quite see what was going on within that dollar bill but when he turned around he had a beautiful blunt just for me i grabbed a blunt gave him a hug told him thank you and i proceeded to my car 
As I was walking outside, he walked with me. And this Mexican came around the corner pushing a cart. And he was selling Mexican corn and mangoes. And I love me some Mexican corn, boy. But it was like 120 degrees outside in Vegas. And I wasn't trying to eat no Mexican corn because the mayonnaise was going to get me sick. So I had no problem with passing by the Mexican cart and still heading towards my car. But the weed man ordered a mango from the cart. And the Mexican pulled the mango out and he sliced it up like a flower. He made it so pretty. He sprinkled cayenne pepper on it, lemon juice, and then put it on a stick and made it look like a flower that he was giving to him. It was so amazing. The weed man asked me like, Mo, you want one? I was like, nah, man, I gotta go. I got this meeting to make. He was like, come on, please just stay with me and eat a little bit of mango. I was like, all right, man, I'll let you buy me a mango. So he bought me a mango. The Hispanic dude cut it up like a flower, sprayed some lemon juice on it, put the cayenne pepper on it, put it on a stick as a flower. So now we both on the block eating flower cut mangoes. We're enjoying the mangoes, having a great conversation. And I told him like, man, look, although this mango is good, I got to break up out of here. I got to get up the road. I got a meeting to make. And as soon as I said that, this white van pulled up with black tinted windows. Two dudes jumped out and a chick jumped out. But I proceeded to my car. As I arrived at my driver's side door, the weed man looked at the two dudes and the chick and was like, hey, y'all, she got to go. And they was like, really? And they looked disappointed as if I just took their Christmas presents away or something. I gave them a nod and was like, yeah, y'all, I'll holler at y'all later. And I hopped in my car to ride off. Now, a red flag had kind of went up in the air when I saw him talking to the two dudes and the chick that I didn't know about me having to leave and get up out of there. But I ain't paying no mind because I got in my car and pulled off and everything was cool. Me being me, I lit the blunt while I was driving. And I must say, that West Coast weed is magical, honey. So I was puffing and puffing without having to pass. And I'm listening to some good music on the Pandora. And I'm feeling the music and I'm grooving. And I'm like, hey. And I'm even waving my hands because the weed is feeling that good and the music and the beats is hitting my soul and it was a beautiful thing until the lines on the Las Vegas Expressway started moving in zigzag lines. My vision got blurry. I started seeing three instead of one and it was getting real bad. Then I started getting clammy and feeling nauseous and sick. So I pulled my car over on the side of the highway and put it in park. And thank God I did it when I did it because I threw up all on my Fiat flow. Brand new car. Just threw up all on the flow. A little bit of the throw up hit my Corinthian leather. It was just all bad. But the worst was yet to come. My entire body became paralyzed and drool started coming out of my mouth. And this went on for like 45 minutes. No state troopers came on the side of the road to help. Nobody wanted to check on me to see how I was. I was just on the side of the road, immobile with drool coming out of my mouth and a car full of throw up on the floor. I I ain't never felt this way before. So 45 minutes to an hour passed and I finally got movement in my fingers and I had a voice recognition on my steering wheel. So I hit the voice recognition and I called my father. Now I never called my father for nothing. Hell, he didn't even know I was in Vegas. But when it's an emergency, it's an emergency and you gotta call the big dogs in. So my father answered the phone. Hello? I was like, Pops, if I tell you I'm not okay, is that okay? He was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm on the side of the road, paralyzed. I can't move. I'm drooling. I was just able to call you with the voice recognition. I'm in Vegas and I need to get up out of here because I think somebody just tried to kill me. He was like, oh my God. So he got his money together and he sent me the itinerary. Now, when I first looked at the itinerary, I could have swore it said, 
said Southwest Airlines. I parked my car at Planet Hollywood after I grabbed my clothes from the crib. I called one of my homeboys to pick me up and take me to the airport. He dropped me off at the Southwest Terminal, but come to find out my itinerary didn't match up with Southwest. They took a deeper look at my itinerary and told me that my flight was actually coming out of Sunny Connections airline. I ain't never heard of no damn Sunny Connections. Sunny Connections, what is that? Is that like the white people soul plane? Like what's going on? Is this like a West Coast thing? But leave it to my father. He went the cheapest route. By the time I take a bus over to the other terminal where Sunny Connections is, I miss my flight. They closed the door on me. So now I'm stuck in Vegas. I called my homeboy back. He picked me up from the airport and took me to my car. He was asking me if I needed to get a room and he could spend a night with me in the room. And at this point, I'm like, hell no, nah, I don't trust nobody. I don't need no rest. I don't need no sleep. I'm good. I'm finna take this drive to Chicago. And he just looked at me and I was like, don't worry about it. I gotta go. So I packed up my Fiat and I headed to Chicago. But while I was on the highway, I realized I don't get paid for another 24 hours. And all I got is $35 in my bank account. I had a half a tank of gas and it only takes $25 dollars to fill up my tank so I figured I can get about four or five hundred miles in and then I could rest and I can go ahead and do the other two thousand miles the next day to get back to Chicago as I'm driving it's getting real dark. The highways don't have any lights, and I'm in Utah. I was on my way to take the exit to get some gas, and right before I got to the ramp to exit, my car ran out of gas. But it was a Fiat, so I figured, hey, I could push it down the ramp on neutral, no problem, and I can get some gas and keep going. I didn't realize how the drugs had affected my body and how tired I actually was, and I was really just moving from adrenaline, but I found out when I put that car in neutral and tried to push it down the hill because I pushed the car and my legs wobbled like spaghetti and I fell right in the middle of the ramp on the highway and the car kept rolling. So I'm yelling, oh my God, stop, stop. And I get up and I try to run towards the car, but my legs are so weak that I fall again and the car is still rolling. And then the car finally slows down and stops a little bit on the level pavement before it actually hit the hill to go down the exit. And I was able to get up, catch the car, put it in park. So now I'm in the middle of Utah on the highway at this ramp. I out of breath in the dark but I knew that I had to get some gas to put it in this car so I don't be out here all night. So I decided I'm gonna walk down the ramp, go to the gas station, grab a gas can, put a couple dollars in it just to get the car down to the gas station, fill the car up, and get back on the road. But my plan did not go as planned. I walk down the hill, I get to the gas station, I grab a gas can, but the gas can doesn't have a price on it. So I take it to the front and I say, hey, how much is this gas can? And the man looked at me and he smirked and he said, $30. I said, $30? Good Lord, that's a lot of money. He was like, take it or leave it. He knew that I was in distress and I needed a gas can and he basically just took advantage of my weakness. So I went ahead, gave him the $30, put a few dollars into the gas can, walked it back up to my Fiat, put the couple of dollars in the Fiat and drove it down to the gas station. I realized it was a Motel 8 sitting behind the gas station. My survival instincts kicked in. I had bags of clothes in my back seat. I emptied the bags of clothes. I crawled under the clothes, covered my entire body with the clothes, and went to sleep. I slept for a good five hours. I woke up and all of the money from the athletes that I was working for hit my direct deposit and now I'm back paid and in charge. I fill up my car. I get back on the road. I drove non-stop until I reached Chicago. One of my brothers met me at the state line and his main question was, hey, do I need to fly out to Vegas and go handle your light work? I was 
like, nah, bro, don't worry about it. I need to figure out exactly what went down before I send the goons out to holler at anybody. He was like, all right, well, you know, we got your back like chiropract, so you just let us know when we need to move. And I'm like, yo, I'll let you know, but right now, I'm just so happy to see you, and I'm so happy to be alive that I ain't trying to make no moves right now. I'm just trying to go to church and go thank God. He was laughing at me, but I was telling the truth. While I'm in Chicago, I'm trying to do investigations on what really went down. And my phone kept ringing from the weed man. I never answered because I figured he was just trying to see if I was alive or what condition I was actually in because I know he put something in my blunt. About a month passed, I let everything die down and I called one of my homeboys who's highly affiliated with the pimps and the hoes in Las Vegas. I told him what happened. He told me he was going to keep an ear out on the streets and I was cool with that. So a couple of years passed and by this time I put myself through school and cut my homeboy from Detroit off and didn't really speak of the situation too much but I did take a trip out to Vegas to holler at my guy who was highly affiliated with the pimps and hoes and we met up at this cigar bar. He had a couple of people that was at the cigar bar. They were like biker types but they were affiliated in the game too. We had a discussion on what went down in Vegas in 2013 and they had all the facts. Come to find out when I gave that pimp a compliment on his feet and looked him in his eyes that was me saying that I was interested but once he gave me an invitation to come holler at him in his condo and I declined that was like a smack in the face to him and an insult. See Las Vegas is full of dudes who pimping and they may disguise they pimp tactics under like modeling agencies and video girls and stuff like that and my homeboy from Detroit had a quote unquote modeling agency so he was in the pimp game too that's why he was trying to get me to go to the condo and holler at the famous pimp but once I declined that was one of the main reasons we fell out the mission wasn't terminated because I quit talking to him he was a snake and slithered on behind my back and a initiated the weed man to do his dirty work. He offered the weed man a percentage of the profits that the famous pimp offered him to deliver me on a silver platter and the weed man took the bait. So when I called him that day and he claimed he didn't have a car, that was the full setup. My homie and his crew told me that whenever you a strong minded female and they want you for production purposes for the whole stroll, they not gonna ask nicely, they gonna take you. And this is how they do it. I don't do drugs. All I do is weed. That's my vice. So they took my vice and laced it with a date rape drug and also synthetic weed. They were betting on me to smoke the weed at the crib so I can be paralyzed at the crib. The two dudes and the chick that came out of the van, they were gonna stick me with heroin to make me sick. Because once your body withdraws from the heroin, it's painful. So painful that your body is cramping, head is hurting, you sweating, you're in excruciating pain, and the only thing to stop the pain is more heroin. And that's the control factor. Once they had me hooked on the heroin, they were gonna make me turn tricks on the whole stroll and use my body for production and they were gonna stick me with just enough heroin to keep me working but no dough all the money profited from me tricking was gonna go into the pimp's pockets and that's the game once i found that out i was cool with it because i blamed myself i learned a long time ago not to trust nobody i learned a long time ago to watch out for people who are predators and preying on women but i didn't pay attention to it this time because i chose to be naive and me choosing to be naive almost ruined my life 
So to everybody out there that has vices, if you smoke weed, don't let nobody roll your blunt but you. If you drink alcohol, don't let nobody make your drink unless you're watching them or make your drink on your own. Never trust a pimp and never trust a man who has pimp friends. Human sex trafficking is real. For those who don't know the definition of human trafficking, it involves transporting someone into a situation of exploitation. And this includes forced labor, forced marriage, forced prostitution, and organ removal, which is going on all around the world right now as we speak. Human trafficking earns a global profit of roughly $150 billion a year for the traffickers and $99 billion of which come from sexual exploitation. And this business has been going on before I was born and it'll be going on after I leave this place. So I ask for everyone out here, men, women, parents of children, please be careful and be aware of your surroundings and understand that everyone that smiles at you ain't your friend and your skin folk is definitely not your kin folk. Blood is thicker than water but money rules the world and if it's money involved the game is dangerous and i also learned not only do you never look a pimp in his eyes because they figure that you choosing them never compliment a pimp not on his outfit not on his toes not on his car because he thinking that you choosing him just a word of advice and please remember you can shoot me with your words you can cut me with your lies you can kill me with your hatefulness but just like life, I rise. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. A black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Thanks for listening to the Monet McMoney Show. Hey, if you're in a situation or know someone that's in a situation of human trafficking, there's actually a national human trafficking hotline for support and services for trafficking survivors or to report a tip. That phone number is 1-888-373-7888. Or if you'd like to be discreet, you can text at 233-733. If you have any stories that you'll like to share or comment on this show, please email me at monetmcmoney at gmail.com and please follow me on all social media platforms at monetmcmoney and if you like to show a little love you can always send me some love on my cash app at monetmcmoney until we meet again everyone love faith and hope but the biggest out of those three is love i'll holla at y'all later